There was an idea that two podcasters could join together and cover every single superhero television show and movie that exists. Scott and Chris combined their talents to form Bingestorm and to make this idea a reality. Then Barry Allen popped in and reminded us that short of having time-altering super speed, there's no way in hell we can accomplish that in one lifetime, but we'll do what we can. So anywho, welcome back to Weekly Heroics, a two true freaks guide to heroes on TV. Welcome to Weekly Heroics, uh, Two True Freaks Guide to Heroes on TV or the movies or wherever the hell we can find them. Uh, I'm still waiting on some really good video games, guys. Come on. But hi, you haven't heard from us in a while. I'm Scott. Uh, I'm here with Chris Tyler, hair metal hero, my, my loyal partner. Sorry. Is that right? I don't, don't know what that was exactly. So it was <laughs> teeth chattering. Teeth. Yeah, right. Um, I was trying to put that out of my mind, uh, like many things that we're going to talk about tonight. But uh, I'm also here with uh, Patrick Delmore, joining us. Uh, Hello. Literally begged us and offered, you know, some small sacrifices to be on this Legion cast this time around. So happy to have you. <laughs> Uh, and I'm going to just get this out of the way. I apologize for there being virtually no podcast coming out for a very well, long freaking Well, you extenuating time. circumstances, man. It was, and, and I'm going to give like a full, I've got a mindless drivel with Scott McGregor uh, episode coming up, which is going to be mindless drivel on Scott McGregor, volume one, why Ooh. my life has been a train wreck lately and uh, why there have been no podcasts because of it will be the subtitle, <laughs> I guess. Okay. If I remember. Mouse of the Stove Adventure. <laughs> yeah, uh, pretty much. Um, all kinds of adventures. And just, uh, yeah, long story short, though, um, we still got a shitload of Weekly Heroics actually in the can, but I had some interesting life shit go on, folks, and it just frankly completely sapped my creative will whatsoever to... That can happen. ...to podcast and edit and... Uh, I made myself get back into it for a few of the Walking Dead cast. Um, because there's like, you know, three of them. I mean, it's usually just hero on this one. So, he, you know, it'd be a mano on mano battle. And, uh, yeah. over on Fear, there's like three people against me. And, you know, angry Latina <laughs> woman is one of them. I never want to fuck with oh. that. So, <laughs> priorities. Okay. Had to start that one. Uh, and we always talk about how to kill zombies and other humans, so I know they're well-versed in that. But So, yeah, this one was, uh, I've been meaning to, to get back into all of these eventually, and I'm almost 90% knocking wood settled into a new place and really unpacked and feeling that, it that's out. That's great. Yes, and uh, so far the landlord hasn't threatened to kill me. That'll be on the mindless drivel, too. Um, so that's a good thing. So we're going to jump back into Legion cast. I figured if we were going to restart this podcast at all, um, to mirror the chaos of my life, we, we might as well come back with Legion. Um, so, and I, which I like, I hadn't been paying attention. That's how fucked up my life has been. I didn't even know my shows were coming back on yet. And I looked the other day and then like Legion review and I'm like, what? We, what? <laughs> it's back already. <laughs> and so. Here we are, season two, episode one, and I did a full rewatch of uh, season one just before this, Ugh, literally, literally days ago it ended, because I turned my new girlfriend onto it. 
or subjected her to it might be the better (laughs) description there. Fair enough. But she was sucked in enough to to want to watch the rest of it. uh, There you go. Just like like I did in the first season. So, um, yeah, glad to see it back, and and it it did not disappoint on the weirdness, and we'll get rid of it. No, didn't. We'll just do the... I don't know if we're going to always do, like, when I first watched this, I'm like, how the hell am I going to recap this? And, and Pat here is a, um, did a very good one for us, or a partial one. And I found another one on TVLine.com, which is a little more linear and easy, <laughs> easier to follow than the actual episode was. If possible. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't hold anyone's hand back into this. <laughs> Let's put it that way. We didn't even really get a previously on, although... Not sorry. really some very deft exposition was done in this episode. So let's dive into it, into a big, beautiful swimming pool with Lenny and Oliver Bird. It's our opening scene, um, which we're assuming Lenny is just had life Lenny, you know, and this um, Mufaruk is, is possessing Oliver's head, uh, as we learned at the end of last season. And they're lazily sunbathing in a pool, and she asks if it's Tuesday, but Oliver says he doesn't have conversations about time. And then Lenny just kind of giggles and says, we're trapped. And the scene zooms out and is revealed to be in the eye of who we kind of presume is the real Amu Farouk or what he looked like kind of in the X-Men comics. (laughs) And we get some confounding narration from who I learned was John Hamm, I guess, uh, about imaginary mazes that ends with welcome to madness. And welcome back to madness would have been more appropriate there. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, yeah, I was reading that in another review. I'm like, okay, how'd that one happen? But hey, uh, John Hamm as the narrator, why not? So we cut to a seemingly paralyzed David getting rescued by Potomini in an abandoned nightclub. Um, and he's just sitting there saying, help them. They're in the maze, as we see, surrounded by a room full of people with their teeth chattering in a very creepy fashion. Oh, yeah. Um, there's a lot of nightmare fuel in this episode. I mean, this was yeah. good, but dark, weird shit. As Carrie rushes him off to treatment in a medical tube, um, he assures David that he's safe now and welcome to Division 3. It's like, hmm, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? Whoa, whoa, did I miss something? Yeah. So when he's revived, uh, his first words are, do you have any waffles? And lo and behold, we get a waffle boat floating by the screen and this glorious-looking, weird-ass restaurant that I, I think I read is, like, there are some sushi bars. I guess that's maybe, like, sushi on the top of the waffle boat. Yeah, a lot, of the, a lot of the fast, faster sushi and self-serve places they send it out. It's usually not on boats. It's usually right. just on a conveyor belt, but... Yeah, that's pretty neat. But yeah, I, I want to eat in the waffle boat place definitely <laughs> now, man. I'm going to search high and low for that shit. Uh, <laughs> and it's just, you know, as I said, it just sets the tone right away, uh, like Legion season one did. Just like, just go with it. That's why I keep telling you know Tina to just go with it. <laughs> may or may not get anywhere as far as you're concerned, but just go with it. And so, uh, yeah, he gets uh, up to speed a bit on what he missed. Potomini plays uh, Mr. Exposition a bit. Um, and we, we remember he was zapped inside a little orb at the end of the last season. And um, he says, uh, you know, he thinks basically that it's been, David thinks it's just been yesterday, you know, since yesterday. And he's going to soon learn that it was a lot longer. But yeah. he finds out they're now working alongside 
Division Three, uh, led by a guy named Admiral or a thing named Admiral. We're not really sure if gender is even appropriate in this particular character. But Admiral Fukuyama, a mysterious thing that wears a basket on its head and has <laughs> women with mustaches and Sonny Bono bowl cuts. Yeah, I was sitting the whole time, I'm like, do they just, like, mix Sonny and Cher to make this character? <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, and heavily armed child soldiers walking around as well. And, and Yeah, and at, at one point David asked why, you know, children, and they're like, well, they can't get infected and find out what the infection is later. We get a very Wes Anderson-esque uh, introduction to the new organization's various departments, research, tactical, and strategy. And as Tomini explains, they combined forces to battle the Shadow King. He's been priority one since the day he left. And David uh, finds out it's been, well, once, uh, Tomini doesn't tell him, but he meets up with Sid, and she tells him it's been more like a year or, or 362 days, if we're being precise. And she's noticeably guarded at first because, you know, said so he thinks, oh, I just saw you yesterday. And she's like, no, idiot, it's been a year, and I've been holding my breath to teapots, you know, to, to bargain <laughs> for your safety. Uh, <laughs> it's a, a teapot phase of the phases of grief. Um, <laughs> so she's, and she's just small talk. I found a gray hair. I like cherry pie now. But, and when he asks finally, <laughs> uh, can I kiss you? She replies, you'd better. And they end up going to the white room to make sweet astral plane love on every conceivable sweet, surface. Sweet, sweet love. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sid later goes to talk to Melanie to check up on her, and she's she's not feeling quite as romantic. And it's like she's kind of very bitter and feels like she's... And the men in our lives, they just leave, and they're on their grand quests. And it's like, lady, your guy was, you know... Has amnesia and was possessed by a psychic entity. You don't take, don't take it so personally. <laughs> These things happen. You decide to marry a mutant. You know what am I got to tell you? Uh, yeah. So she's she's very embittered and and she's taken to some drugs and she's uh, inhaling some vapor out of a jewel encrusted elephant's trunk, which we so oh, I do it could be yeah right. I had some good trunk just before we started this podcast. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, you gotta assume it's probably some of the same shit that David was smoking out of the frog. Uh, oh yeah. And we also we we then segue into a sinister animated interlude narrated by John Hamm again about delusion and rational ideas, how they have to die for irrational ones to take hold. Uh, co-starring uh, the star of my nightmares for about the next year, an oily skeletal baby chick spider demon evil fucking whatever <laughs> that weird. was thing <laughs> that also devours a healthy chick and a guy who uh, freaked out and, and sawed his own leg off. Like a nice little, little tale about that, too. Yeah, that was uh, eminently disturbing. Just, yeah. Uh, yeah, like, just want to hug the the design department in this show. <laughs> um, also, Lenny kisses it. Of course, why not? And we we need to stop and appreciate for a minute how Aubrey Plaza's face can go from sweet to Satan in like one yeah. second and one yes. smile. It was just beautiful. The funny thing about my girlfriend watching this now is that I just made her watch like all of Parks and Recreation too. So okay. she's, you know, I'm like, this is the logical uh, 
extension of April Ludgate, you know, if, if she was allowed to be an all-powerful <laughs> psychic entity, she would probably act like this. <laughs> right over the head of people that aren't Parks and Rec fans, but you should be because it's freaking amazing. So, Shadow King is still residing inside Oliver, and that seems to be the source of the teeth-chattering disease because uh, it happens wherever he pops up. Admiral Fukuyama, uh, Baskethead, calls in David to inform him that they're determined to destroy the Shadow King. And I love how this scene starts. First, it looks like he's walking into an Escher pitcher, basically. You know, or this yeah. big spirally caged whatever pitcher behind him. And uh, the Fukuyama now has three of his mustached minions who are all behind big lenses that makes their head look very big and their bodies look very small. Really, no way to describe. Just watch the goddamn series, people. Yeah. Um, Because yeah, it's just it's legion, and and I love it. He just they explain it. It's like we were one, and they talk like I forget what the name of it is, but from the game Portal. Oh, Glados. Glados. They basically speak like Glados from Portal, and uh, or you know, basically you know your generic robot auto tuned voice. And, you know, they explain that we were once, you know, we were once human, kind of, but we went somewhere and had a machine put in our head, and it burned, and we screamed in agony, and now we're the machine that bleeds. How are you? And David just kind of like, you know, the, the fucking king of the weirdness of this whole show is just even, like, taken aback and be like, okay. <laughs> so I'm not the strangest thing in this universe. That's good to know. <laughs> So, yeah, they want to kill Oliver, and uh, the whole plot, I guess, is... We, we tie up a lot of uh, kind of mysteries in this in this episode, and I was impressed on the density of the writing. But uh, I remember in the uh, the end of the the first season, you know, we, we finally learned that, like, the Shadow King is kind of looking for something, and they really never really name it, but he's apparently looking for his original body that was hidden away, presumably by Xavier, you know, when he was beaten uh, before and turned into just, you know, a psychic entity. They hid his body somewhere. So the the, the basket head explains that if he ever gets back to his uh, his body, he'll be unstoppable. And I like the mutant science explanation on this one because it's like it's about being genetic. So he's like, you know, he's powerful as a psychic en- entity, but his powers actually come from his DNA, like all mutants. And so that's why he's more powerful if he gets back to his base flesh, basically. Mm. So when David goes, so it's a race. We're in a race. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. off and running. All right, all so right. We have an objective, you know, which is a good, uh, amazing start for this show because we didn't get to the objective till about, I'm not sure we got to the objective yeah. <laughs> last season. <laughs> uh, it was a nice warm up and, and now we seem to be hitting the ground running. So, uh, Potomini and Clark, the uh, Division Three guy that got crispy-faced, um, they don't really believe David when he says he has no memories of his time in the orb. But to help his jog his brain, um, Carrie, male Carrie, dunks him in a sensory deprivation pod filled with water along with a dash of strawberry extract, which helps conductivity and for flavor, just in case mm. you drink some, but you should never drink some. <laughs> just, there's a lot of comedy in this episode, man. It, it's a little funnier than a lot of last season, and it, it felt organic and very well written. Um, 
And of course, David's skeptical, so I'm supposed to find the Shadow King from inside a daiquiri. But he gets in and has vision eventually. It's the more great design stuff and that Terry's plugging away at, you know, th- this thing is simultaneously like future tech and to use it though, Carrie's like plugging in audio plugs, analog audio plugs into a, you know, big. It's like an old switchboard. Right. You know, <laughs> it's just, it's just, there's, you know, it's, like the the production design department just it's like all right give me like seven different styles from around various eras you know and we're gonna throw it in a blender and spit it out in every scene and see what happens uh, and so uh he has a couple little visions and he gets in sees uh eventually a crowded nightclub coming face to face with oliver and lenny and so we have our first real big dance production of the season get it right out of the way and it's just kind of a glorious interpretive dance thing off and you know lights and sudden a big fan blows on and everyone's hair is going and it's just bizarro beyond bizarro and which I kind of took, and I don't know if you guys will agree with me. This is this is kind of how this show represents like psychic battles. You know, it's based, yeah. That's how I took it. It was like a psychic battle that uh, took I place. I thought about that. Yeah, and it kind of makes sense in the context of like the original. And I guess like when Xavier, I didn't read these comics, but when he fought like the Shadow King later, you know, some of the battles got ridiculous. In the first one, it's like. You know they're fighting and they you know have psychic armor on and they they manifest like psychic weapons like a Green Lantern would wood you know wood or something and eventually it you know Xavier throws away the theatrics and just zaps him with his mind but I guess in future battles I mean it was stuff like Xavier was just throwing an army of like X Men clones at his army of spider demons that the Shadow King conjured up. Um, so I, yeah, stuff like this, I think is a great way to like, just express how bizarro a psychic battle would be and why not be a dance battle, you know, um, on this show, anything goes. Yeah. Yeah. It's along the same lines of guardians too, though, that, you know, Peter Quill forms himself a giant friggin' Pac-Man. It's just like, you know, you're only, your only limit is your imagination, your mind and your Nemesis wants to do a dance battle. Might as well give as good as you get and outdance him. Presumably, because we're not really sure how the dance battle ended up. It looked like Dave was getting the upper hand, but um, but it ends and uh, David presumably like uh, must teleport. He ends up naked and huddled in a hallway. And he has you know teleported frequently in the first season. And he tells Sid, "I think I need to lie down." Even Carrie, by the way, back in the lab, dances with listeners at home, and he's awesome, doing his thing from uh, My Blue Heaven again. I've seen him in person. He's pretty amazing. Yeah, he's, he's a great physical actor, man. He just, yeah. and this show lets him work it. Back in Sid's room, where she asked David what he saw, he just says, well, random things and noise, and, and she kind of obviously knows that he's not telling her the full truth, and tells him, you're still keeping secrets. She's hurt, and kind of does the melody thing it's like you're gonna leave again i let you leave a second time and and uh, he kind of woos her with a necklace that he had carrie make while he was in the tank i guess carrie's good at multitasking like that uh, although he might as well he could have just created him with his own powers anyway but it's a compass and of course if we get lost we get lost together she said to him in season one 
and it always points to him. So he promises no more secrets, but we kind of, he has a look on his face and does the classic poker tell of like smiling out of one side of his mouth. <laughs> she knows he's lying. We know he's lying. David and Sid sleep, we get a flashback to David's first moments inside the orb where he sees Sid, but she's like future Sid, looks different, sad and weary, and tries to talk to her, but she can't talk, so instead they play Pictionary with a light wand, and he guesses what she's trying to say, and she's from the future and acknowledges that Shadow King is looking for his body and that David is supposed to help him, so, hmm, and she ends with a giant heart before walking off into the darkness. (laughs) Aww. David is left to wander through the nightclub again and hearing a voice recite the lyrics to Jefferson Airplane's White Rabbit. Utterly confused. Yeah, us too, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I just had some various musings here. Sid practicing her powers with a cat. As a newly relationship guy, I'm not going to say any more than that, but meow. <laughs> Production design. As I said, still a weird mix of retro and futuristic old school analog plugs. Uh, I think the alliance between Summerland and Division 3 is a little shaky. What do you guys think? Not completely trusting. Yeah, you uh, think? Well, there's one scene where, um, you know, they're working on David when he first gets there and something, you know, Carrie 1 takes off his mask and start some kind of alarm you know they're worried he's going to get infected so they kind of call out the troops and he calls out uh wolverine carry you know pops out of his back and and she just stands there and you know and is like yeah come on and uh baskethead tells everyone to retreat so yeah there's a little tension there just, what's that i think she just entered puberty <laughs> Maybe. who knows Come on, boys! Yeah, <laughs> and then when and she really, really wants to see David naked too. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. At one point when he's uh, got to get in the pod, you know, Carrie's like, "We need full exothermic contact. You have to get naked." And all of a sudden, she pops out. And just like, that was great. Seriously, and she's just like, "What?" <laughs> you make people uncomfortable, and he sucks her back in. Uh, waffle boats. That was in my musings. Nothing. You can't. You know. I'm just. I need waffle boats in my life. <laughs> the Division Three wanted posters. There's a quick little flash of when they're going through the, you know, the descriptions of the groups, and the, the groups all kind of do their little photo shot, you know. Uh, and I think it's either research or three. Well, I think it was probably yeah, point of the point of the spear. There's wanted posters. Oliver's one of them, and there's a couple other weird people in there. And one of them is a giant octopus cephalopod. <laughs> Shumagorath? Oh, right? I mean, I was looking up. There's no, like, comic analog for any of these, as far as I can tell. But, yeah, Cephalopod HR-14C. Um, somebody oh, like Deer Orchestra or something like that. I looked up the names. The only thing there might be a reference to from the comics is Potomini mentions a Lazarus project or incident in the beginning when he's talking about, like, how Division Three came to be. And that might be a little call out to the books. It's actually, I guess it was Domino's younger brother and they experimented on him and made him like a super mutant with like magnet, magneto type powers. And he Mm -hmm. lasted like two issues in the 2000s and never came back again. So pretty goddamn obscure if that's what they're going for. But yeah, that's the only thing I could find as far as maybe a reference from the comics. 
And uh, during the Melanie Stone scene, uh, is that Perry Farrell singing? Was that like a, that wasn't a Jane's Addiction song, was it? Because it sounded a lot like Perry Farrell. I couldn't tell. I think there was something in the room with Melanie at the end of the scene, too, as they pulled away. Oh, I didn't catch that. Cool. I must have missed that as well. Above her, I couldn't tell what it was, but it looked like there was something. Oh no, there definitely was. It, it's uh, the shot is her up. So she's laying on the bed, but the camera's tilted, yeah. so she looks like she's right side up. But it's something on like uh, two wheels, and it's propped up, and it's oh, a humanoid right. form, like yeah. a pig head. Yeah, so I must have go, blocked man. that out because it was horrible. Yeah, <laughs> it was terrifying. Yeah. yeah. Um, I watched it three so times, they, too. And <laughs> they say Division 3 is the tip of the spear, but they show a spear shape, and Division 1 is the tip of the spear. Division 3 is the base of the spear. Hmm. Which could be dream logic. Yeah. I like how you is... see stuff in reverse when you're, when you're dreaming. I don't know. Like, you know, you, I don't like, know. you know, you'd be talking about talking about your right hand but showing your left hand kind of a thing that kind of dream logic where things are reversed the scene when um sid and, and david go to bed for the last time you see the trail of the delusion yeah yeah oh that's right yeah and then everything he and then they pan down underneath the bed and everything you see within the club with the uh albino looking guy with the two marks on his head and everything that happens in there is, you know, in that area where the delusion is hidden. Yeah. Yeah, what's up with that guy? Any thoughts? I mean, I almost, yeah, at first, like, they kind of showed just the top of his head and, or from behind, and he's bald. I'm like, Xavier, you know? But, um... I, uh, I wasn't thinking that. No. In hindsight, looking back on it, is that the original form of Farouk? Possibly. See, I think it's def- it's a different. I mean, we we only ever really saw him in his super weird fat suit, you know. Yeah, which was clearly not his original form. No, and I think the the it's a different actor playing it. it was I guess it was actually the guy who played um, what's his name uh, in Rogue One. Maybe no, no. I'm thinking of uh, he, the original guy from last season was in Wonder Woman. He was uh, like the French guy. French Arab guy in uh, in Wonder Woman. Okay, oh, that was awesome. Yeah, but it's a different one uh, now. And it, I think the said the guy with uh, that we saw out of the first scene where it's zooming away is probably you know Amrul's or one of his original forms. That's the one that looks most like kind of the comic version of him, except he's heavier in the comics. But yeah, I don't know because this guy looks like a, kind of a Buddhist monk type thing with. Didn't he, wasn't he even rocking robes, I think? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, I don't know if that's who we're supposed to think that is or not. Yeah. Well, they sucked us in again, so... Yeah, it's tough to, uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's just all craziness until it reveals to you what they want to reveal. I don't even, I don't even know where to begin with this one. I was just like, I really should have rewatched season one because I was, at the very beginning, I was kind of lost, which I get is kind of the point. It's, it's a mind screw of a show, but. Welcome to madness. Yeah. I don't know. It was just so much. 
I thought they did a really good job of of kind of doing recaps of what happened without making it too unwieldy. It was just I thought the exposition was really good and it tied up a lot of stuff that I didn't think we'd get any answers to. I didn't even know we wanted answers to because I'd kind of forgotten about the whole you know what are they looking for when Shadow King escapes at the end of the last season because um, he only really says it once like where did he hide it you know and I guess I kind of thought, you know, where did he hide, you know, I don't know, Legion's power. We didn't know, really know what he was talking about for them to, you know, come right out and say he's looking for his body that, as David says, it's a race. We kind of, right from yep. the get-go, we have a nice little established set of goals that, you know, the only goal was to try to make sense of what was going on in the last season. And so it's nice that we're kind of going to have a little more of a linear plot going on hopefully yeah we'll see yeah or not you know I don't, i'm good either way <laughs> well it was i mean this whole episode was 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 cyclical it began and ended with him saying we have to help we have to help them there in the maze, the maze. yeah that's right yeah which i'm assuming so, they mean the the chattering people that he's gonna have to go rescue their minds but um or he thinks he's got to help uh, the Shadow King and and Bird. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be a mystery to be unpacked, to be sure, because there, he's definitely at odds with Division 3 again. Their goal is to kill him, and his goal is to help him. So, do we think that David's just completely, he lost, like, the psychic dance battle, and he's totally under Shadow King's thrall again, or does he understand something Division three doesn't that I'm thinking, think I mean, thinks... it could be the old trope where, you know, he has to, we have to get him back in his original body to fully destroy him. You know, basically is kind of where I think they're going with that. Or that would be the, kind of the obvious one. There is. Okay. So I just jumped on IMDB just mm-hmm. to see what characters are listed. There is a character called the monk, the monk. Okay. Uh-huh. There we go. So that is probably who the bald man is. Who that actually is, I don't know. No, nope. hopefully they'll fill us in on that later on down the road. Uh, the month. Okay. My, my guess is that that David thinks that you know older Sid from the future, who doesn't have a left arm, if you noticed in that Mm-mm. scene. Was she just holding him. it behind her back? No, I didn't. Shit. Yeah, she <laughs> might have just been holding it behind her back, but that seems significant that you don't see her left arm at all. Yeah. Um, that she that she was telling him no you have to help them the sha- you know bird and the shadow king yeah and he also says that bird is a good friend of his and they talked twice three times in season one yeah if that and he seemed kind of annoyed with bird yeah I mean bird saved his life. Well, they had that one breakfast together near the end. Yeah. Maybe, you know, just before everything went to shit again. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, but I think he was just like, well, we, you know, still shouldn't, you know, be killing the hostages here. So maybe played up the friendship for that purpose, but wow. Uh, yeah. So much. I, I really want to know more about Admiral Fukuyama, and, and yet yeah. I'm not sure I ever want to see him again. Because wow, <laughs> a, little, a little creepy. 
I definitely want to meet Cephalopod HR 14C or wherever the hell that's coming from. Uh, but <laughs> I don't know if we'll ever get there. Uh, but yeah, I was surprised we kind of got the, the future orb explanation, you know, if that's true or not. But, uh, and, you know, really can't fault an X-Men property for throwing a time travel thing in there. Uh, no. So, yeah, I'm good with it. Um, yeah, I was puzzled. I was pleasantly surprised <laughs> by it. It's just, it maintained the weirdness. It's like they never stopped production. They just It's so unapologetic, yeah. Yeah, it, that's it, my favorite thing about the show. <laughs> this show does not give a fuck what you think. No. <laughs> like, if you made it this far, you know what you're in for. We're not even going to exactly. try to hold your hand through this. Yeah, it's a brave shit, man. Hats off to FX for even allowing this to happen. And like you said earlier, Scott, the production design on this is... It doesn't look like anything else on TV. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, it, it looks like it's coming out of like partially out of like a David Lynch movie or a Stanley Kubrick movie. It's bananas. It's <laughs> fucking. That's why I've been begging Honeywell to check this out, and he hasn't watched any of it yet. I'm like, dude, it's like, it's like all of your favorite directors yeah. in a blender, man. It's like Wes Anderson, it's Kubrick, it's fucking Gilliam, it's Yudorowsky, it's fucking. Just everything is glorious. And it's, you know, there's there's a point where you know the Wes Anderson, he's he's skating on the edge of of, of robbery instead of homage with Wes a little bit a couple times, but yeah. <laughs> hey, he said you're gonna crib crib from the good ones. <laughs> That's right. I watched um, Repulsion, the um, Pol- Polanski movie, a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. That is scarily like Legion. Really. Okay. It's from the sixties. It's this woman that's kind of that. Um, I mean, of course, you know, only Polanski could make this movie. She's terrified of sex, so yeah. basically, her apartment just becomes like arms growing out of the walls and groping her. And every time she turns over, there's like a dude in her bed about to attack her, but like shot just like Legion is. Well, I, okay. I don't. I don't even think I was aware of this movie. That's I wasn't funny. either until I read about it in a. And I'm not sure if the social justice warrior in me is going to allow me to watch it. But. I just, yeah. yeah I'm I not review, gonna... I only an actual rapist could have come up with that. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, I think I'll be passing on that one then. <laughs> yeah, it, is, it is exactly what it, what it sounds like. It's, yeah. it's, a hard, it's a hard movie to watch. I'm, I'm glad I saw it, but I don't ever need to see it again. Yeah, right. Uh, no, this, this fulfills my weirdness quotient. Pretty yeah. much <laughs> in full dosage. Uh, I'm just glad to have it back. Uh, glad to be doing this again. I hope. Oh yeah, man. yeah. Try and to stay you, back in this. Guys, for inviting me on or allowing me to invite myself on. <laughs> well, it's you know what I think with with this show especially having more more voices on this is is better because there's just so much to unpack with this show that it, it, you you kind of get set in your own mindset about how you view things and it, yes when you have more more people to talk to i think you bring more to the table cuz yeah it's just too weird for one person to just sit there and you know ludovico into their eyeballs like yeah. you, you know you need support. Well, that's why I like Pat on this one because he's very detailed. He catches stuff all the time that I miss on these things, and I'm just, I just I just kind of let myself go. And I said I've seen it three times and I didn't notice details. He just pointed out. So, it's, <laughs> so you're a ringer on this one. Um, 
Yeah, excited to have it back, and, and we're going to try to stay fairly, at least with this show, I'm not making any promises. I don't even know if some of the stuff I had in the can, I switched computers too, not just homes. Oh no. <laughs> so I, I'm not even positive the stuff I had in the can all transferred over to my new computer, but I'm going to keep producing what I can, and we're going to get the backlog of Weekly Heroics uh, done eventually. Um, right. We got some really good ones. We did Thor Ragnarok. We did The Defenders. We still need to do The Punisher because it was fucking awesome. It was. That um, was so good. So, so good. And I think and, uh, what I'd like to do is just maybe we'll do one kind of roundtable with a few people or maybe even just you and me, Chris, and go over stuff like maybe The Gifted and Inhumans that we haven't got to. And, uh, I, I started watching The Gifted. I, I didn't finish it. It was uh, it was definitely entertaining. I just yeah. had to get back. But. I like that a lot more than I, I thought I would, too, and I'd, I'd almost love to cover it, but we're already a season behind, and it's just I think we just kind of talk about plot points and do an update on, you know, we'll do some weekly heroics, upcoming TV and stuff news, and... Um, Will we ever get back to our mission statement? I don't know. I'm still thinking about all that. We still have a couple of the old ones. Well, mission can. statements can change. Yeah. Uh, and said before I got back into this, Legion literally saved this show, kids, because I was basically going to kind of come out and be like, I will will this to somebody if anyone wants to take over this whole podcast. But uh, Legion got me energized again. And now you can't have it. Ha, 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 uh, yeah. Speaking of the gifted, did you notice that Brian Singer is not a producer on Legion anymore? Oh, really? Okay, I didn't know. I don't think he's going to be producing anything anymore. No, he might be Good. producing some That's a license plates if we had an actual justice <laughs> system that punished rich people. But um, I'll edit that out for political reasons. But, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, everybody, everybody agrees that they don't like Brian Singer in this group, though. Well, if he did some of the things he didn't, he is said to have done. Definitely don't like him for that reason. Um, but never yeah. been a huge fan of his vision for the X Men, anyway. So no so great you loss. Look at it, the director of X Men One, Two, Three, and Days of Future Past are all scumbags. Pretty much, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which is a shame because man, I still really love those X Men movies. I do too. Yeah. Well, X the first two, two at least are, are exceptional. Well, people are like Brett Ratner, he's not going to be able to do Brian Singer's style. I'm like, what style? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Singer doesn't have a style. No, no. He he literally. I mean, he's like the friggin' M Night Shyamalan. You know. Kind of. Uh, Shyamalan has a style. You, you yeah. know when you're watching a Shyamalan movie. A bit, but I mean, well, it's not a particularly impressive style, in my opinion. I mean, I like a lot of his, some of his stuff a lot, and I like a lot Have of his stuff. Have you seen Split yet? Not at all. No. And I, yeah, he's oh, back. My God, Split. You have to watch Split. But I mean, what I'm saying basically is that Brian Singer kind of started out the same way. He had one big hit, this big, you know, twist ending movie, and then That's he was kind of handed a lot of good stuff to. And, and people learned he was just kind of really mediocre and was lucky enough to direct a very cleverly written movie. <laughs> so, and that's kind of what Shyamalan did. I mean, they kind of handed him the keys to the Hollywood Sixth kingdom. Six Sense holds up to multiple viewings, though. Oh, yeah. No, 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 that's no. That's the one I don't like. <laughs> that's the one I don't need to watch again because... Duh, you know. I I picked. I called that ending. I was watching it with my sister. We had heard all the buzz about it. I was watching it, and I about 
midway through the movie, I'm like, I know where this is going. I didn't. I have to give him that. He totally fooled me on that one. But I was drinking a lot into, more back then. So and then and then the ending of it, it turned into Touched by an Angel. I was like, yeah, this one was not for me. Yeah. But then Unbreakable came out, and I was like, that movie was awesome. Yeah. And that's oh. why I'm, I'm bummed that I I spoiled myself on Split, but I do intend to go see it. Oh, it's still worth watching, man. That is a... Um, we got Glass coming out soon. So. Tour de Force performance from McAvoy. Ooh, nice. great in it. Yeah, because I liked him before he was Xavier, and I never really liked him much as Xavier, so... I, I yeah, like him right from Chronicles of Narnia on. Yeah. 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 Hey, you want to see some crazy dancing? Split. Barely. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that should be top of your priority if you're going to track down a movie to watch online. Well, I'll have to get... uh, I'm trying to indoctrinate my new girlfriend with everything superhero, of course. And so, yeah, we definitely have to do an Unbreakable Split double feature some night. It's it's worth it. I watched them back-to-back a couple months ago. Mm, So good. But Legion, I got nothing more. Yeah, it's going to be tough to have more until they... (laughs) Give us more to work with. Uh-huh. So soon. Well, it's uh, yep. Tuesday nights is on, isn't it? I said I got it off the internet after I found out it had already aired. Yeah, as uh, did I. Yeah. Okay. Any other thoughts, folks? Uh, pretty happy. Not that with I can think of the return here. No, not that I can think of either. I'm just ready to let the weirdness wash yeah. over me. Does either of you know how many is this? Uh, only eight again, or I, I think it's the same amount. Is it? Probably no. smart. Probably smart. Yeah. Dan Stevens is kind of a big thing now that, I mean, Beauty and the Beast and the man who invented the Christmas. I think he had another starring role last year, too. Oh, that's right. Shit. I forgot he was the Beast. That was him? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, couldn't even tell. Yeah. Suit acting. Yep. Yeah. Sweet. All right. All right. Good He's for so him. awesome in this. Yeah. That's why when he, uh, I loved watching the scene with my girlfriend when he's in the coffin and talking to himself in a British accent and he's got the American accent. I'm like, yeah, that's like the guy on the left there is actually probably what he really sounds like. <laughs> I guess he did Downtown Abbey, right? Do or something? It's Downton. Yep. Downton. <laughs> Don't say it wrong it's or the fans will be New all York, over It's you. fucking Downtown. Um, he's... <laughs> Oh, we might not be able to say fucking on Skype much longer, so we should get it in. <laughs> really? Read, yeah, I read some article like, uh, start censoring Skype. It's like, well, so that means they're listening into our live calls and shit, and they're going to censor? How are they going to do that? Like, I don't Are they going to have some uh, algorithm that picks up the word fuck? Fuck here. This, start recording now, Skype. Fuckity fuck, fuck, fucking fuck. That should give you just about every iteration of it you need to censor us, fuckers. No, that's my fucking rant. All religions are equally valid. What's that? <laughs> All religions are equally valid. <laughs> I don't think there is like one. I hope not, man. It's just, we've lost our goddamn minds in this country. It's like a Legion episode. Uh. All right, before we getting more trouble with the, the two true freaks, political censors. <laughs> Hey man, I don't I don't censor nothing. <laughs> I'm trying not to. That's why I do this and not get paid for it, like I did with radio, where I couldn't say fuck all the fucking time. <laughs> so, 
fucking goodbye. Uh, we're weekly heroics. Fucking goodbye. This is Cat Dumb. Fucking goodbye. And fucking hero. And uh, we'll see you next week whenever the fuck next week gets here. That's fucking right. One pill makes you larger, and one pill makes you small. And the ones that mother gives you don't do anything at all. Go ask Alice. When she's ten feet tall.